Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 26th, and trending this hour, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the longtime liberal member of the Supreme Court who died at age 87 in 2020, will be featured on a forever stamp. It shows an oil painting of her facing the viewer in her black judicial robe with a white collar. Also trending, the debate that took place last night in Pennsylvania between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. It was their first and only debate ahead of the midterm elections. The candidates declared their stances on certain issues like abortion, the economy, fracking, and a whole lot more. Okay, so obviously we, it, we have spent most of the show at the top of each hour talking about this because this is the story everybody's talking about because mm-hmm. Fetterman, even by Fetterman standards, was, I mean, it was just awful. And I had yeah. said last hour, and I, I love all of our people who watch us on YouTube. Hello to you. Thank you. I scan the comments every so often. And, uh, and again, we love people who listen on the radio as well. We don't want to, you to think that we, we don't. We love everyone, wherever you listen from, whenever you listen. Mm-hmm. However you consume this uh, content. Uh, but what some, what some person said, because last hour I had said, well, I said, uh, I guess you would have to vote for Oz mm-hmm. in that Senate race, even though Oz is kind of a zero. And I said, I don't know if there is a libertarian running, because I'm not intimately familiar with Pennsylvania politics. And if that person... You know, why he was excluded from the debate. Is it like Fox 59 excluded James Siniak? Mm-hmm. Is there a polling standard? Mm-hmm. It, you know, what? I don't know. I said, so if I lived in Pennsylvania, and I thought it was abundantly clear about that, I might have a different take on it. I'm saying as an outsider looking in, I guess you would have to vote for Oz, even though he's a total zero. And of course, it starts up in the chat. Well, why is it okay to vote for Oz when voting for Todd Young is a mortal sin? <laughs> Here's the difference. Oz could could Mm -hmm. theoretically pleasantly surprise you. Now, would I bank a whole bunch of money on that? No, of course not. The guy will probably be just about the same as Todd Young, which means you'll probably get votes on the judges. If there's some sort of tax reform or government deregulation that comes along, you might get a vote on that. But you're not going to get a true conservative. However, he could surprise you. Look, I gave Todd Young a chance in 2016 even though it went against my better judgment because he had not been a United States senator. That was probably the last Republican I can say I held my nose for and voted for. That was probably the last time I did that. I know what Todd Young is. I know how he votes. He told me how he, if you, even if you ignored the way he's voted before and adding 11 trillion to the national debt and all that other stuff, he told us he's not stopping. He's going to do the same thing the mm-hmm. next six years as he did the last. Oz is a blank slate. Herschel Walker is a blank slate. Blake Masters is a blank slate. You have no idea what these people are going to do until they go in there. And so maybe you give, maybe, I don't know. I don't live in Pennsylvania, so I don't have to make the choice. I don't have to get intimately familiar with who the libertarian is. I don't, I do not endorse all libertarians. I don't know where this started. Like I am not in the libertarian party. I am, and I have said this 10 million times and I will say it again. I am a Republican in good standing 
who is willing to split my ticket if another candidate is clearly better than the Republican or the Republican has not earned my vote. I don't know why this is so hard for people. What has Todd Young done to earn my vote? Casey. He's a Marine. What has Todd he Young served, done to earn my he vote? Served, he served his country. What has Diego Morales done to earn my vote? Well, that one. So in the case of the libertarian James Siniak and the libertarian Jeff Moore, and especially Jeff Moore, and it ain't even close, mm-hmm. infinitely better than the Republican. I'm voting for the Republican candidate, Daniel Elliott, for state treasurer, because he's earned my vote. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I get... Libertarians don't even like me for the most part. There's a whole bunch of them who hate my guts. Like, I know I'm doing it right because people on both sides can't stand me. The libertarians still hate me for being a Trump guy. It's okay. It's it's okay. There is a libertarian in Pennsylvania, by the way. and, And he may be great. He may be horrific. Libertarians sometimes nominate absolute lunatics it's like somebody in the chat i saw that goes oh i had a conversation with the libertarian about afghanistan and well they said it was rough instead of saying it was just a disaster so i'm out you're you're holding all libertarian candidates accountable for one one single libertarian you had a conversation with Mm -hmm. why don't we hold republicans to the standard libertarians all libertarians don't want to legalize all drugs that's not a thing Mm -hmm. there are some who do just like there's some republicans who are pro-abortion you're still voting for, you're doing mental gymnastics to vote for Republicans. Why are we so, so afraid of free thought and free ability as free people that we are just petrified of ever crossing over and voting for someone other than whatever we've pledged some weird allegiance to? Like, yeah. this is, I'm not a libertarian. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, technically a Republican in good standing, but in reality, I just float in the ether. <laughs> Why is this so hard for people to understand? So WPXI asked their viewers after the debate in Pennsylvania who won that Senate debate in Pennsylvania, and it was 83% to Oz to 17% Fetterman. So the very first poll that came out just minutes after the debate was over, uh, Fetterman was clobbered. Here is my, my other question I had about that debate last night, and maybe this is a ridiculous question, but why was... Dr. Oz Mm -hmm. repeatedly referred to as Mr. Oz. Mm -hmm. He is a legitimate Mm -hmm. medical doctor. We have to call Joe Biden's wife, Dr. Biden, Mm -hmm. who is not a legitimate medical doctor. That seemed very disrespectful to him. You have you are he is a legitimate medical doctor who has legitimate mm-hmm. is a legitimately licensed to practice medicine. He has earned that right. That just seemed like you go out of your way. I've to never call him Mr. I've never heard him referred to as Mr. Oz, nor as, you know, any doctor. I, I noticed that too, and I I was wondering, was that the moderator trying to even the playing field a little, or was that coming from Oz's campaign camp because they wanted him to seem more like an average Joe? I, I, no, I'm sure they're not doing whatever Oz wants, and he's known as, his celebrity name is, mm-hmm. he's universally recognized as Dr. Oz. I just never have heard that happen before, and it was just a very weird thing that they did not give him that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, the 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 respect, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, I mean, I've never heard someone who is a doctor not referred to as doctor before. Well, that's even like calling the president Mr. Biden. I don't like the guy, don't agree with him, want to see him out of office, but yet you still have to respect the office that he is the president. Yeah, if you were addressing Joe Biden in person, you would not say, hey, Biden, 
Right. I wouldn't say, hey, President Walnut this, either. I this, mean, I would still say this is this is not President hit, Biden. You know, look at what happened to that kid who said, hey, Knight. That ended up getting Bob Knight fired. You know, my name is not Hey Knight. It's Coach Knight or Mr. <laughs> Knight. I mean, you would say Mr. President or, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, look, let me get to the final thing that's trending this hour. Major League Baseball has announced the start times for the World Series. It's the Philadelphia Phillies against the Houston Astros. All games are going to start precisely at 8.03 p.m., so set your watch by it. It's 13 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's get to the story that we didn't get to yesterday because it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. The New York Supreme Court overruled the Big Apple's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. They ordered to reinstate all city employees who had been fired for not getting the shot and Back pay was also ordered. Yes, this was a gigantic victory. Now, I'm sure it'll be appealed or whatever, and who knows what's going to come of it. But this is absolutely right. And and I will say, look, I did not lose my job uh, because of COVID mandates. However, I did for at least a while have to pay out of my own pocket to have a COVID test taken, Mm. observed in this building Mm. every single week. And then after I no longer had to pay for it out of my own pocket, I had to go up and get a test. Mm -hmm. I had to go through various layers in order to not have to get the COVID vaccine. And there was a while there where I was not sure whether I would continue to work at this radio station because I've said, and I was being 100% honest about it when I said said it on air, I'll say it now, I was prepared to leave because of that. Mm -hmm. And I, thankfully, the employer that we had at the time respected my deeply held beliefs and granted that you know exemption but that was a horrific period and you know the thing i always used to laugh about so i can tell this now uh the first time they had me take the covid test like there was not a lot of communication from hr and how it was supposed to operate and they're like you must come up and get a covid test okay fine you'd assume if you're out of some sort of compliance or whatever they would send you an email and say hey please come up here and get this done mm-hmm. they send me some email and it was like, you are out of compliance. You cannot, I'd be obviously just shortening this here, but you cannot do anything until you take this COVID test. And I get it in like the afternoon. I'm already home. And it's like, has it, it's not on this people, we have a radio show to do, you know, like in the morning. And what would we do if I'm not there to mm-hmm. do the show? But of course, mm-hmm. it's a corporate thing. So they're not thinking that through. So I emailed the lady back and said, okay, can I take the test tomorrow? Yeah, she may take take the test before your show. And I'm sitting there thinking, because it's these COVID tests, the ones you wave up your nose or whatever. What if it comes back positive? Yes, I was just chuckling to myself, because it's like at 8.45, I'm taking this test. Right. And the show starts at 9. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, if I am positive and asymptomatic, Mm -hmm. or, you know, these tests are wrong all the time, I'm, it's, the test is wrong, and I got to leave this building what in the world is my coworker going to do? And no one has thought this through. And I think that is the biggest thing through all of COVID. Nobody, for the most part, has thought anything through. It's all just been done on a whim. Mm-hmm. No regard to how it really affects people. And so I think this is great that these people, uh, at least for now, are getting some sort of justice through the legal system where they're going to get their money mm-hmm. because they have had something taken away from them and they did nothing wrong. So the Staten Island judge who ruled on it in a 13-page decision said that the city's decision to fire roughly 1,400 unvaccinated workers rather than place them on leave proved that it was never about stopping the virus. And they determined that former New York 
city health commissioner had no authority to create the conditions of unemployment. He didn't have the authority to prohibit employees from working, and he didn't have the authority to terminate any of the employees. So the thousands of city employees who were ignored now have a voice, and the court has recognized that, that they deserve better. There was a game show Drew Carey used to host called Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm -hmm. And the tagline is where the game's made up and the rules don't matter, and that has been almost everything through COVID. Mm -hmm. There are so many people out there who should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. Yeah. It is 17 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You mentioned something about an anniversary of Hillary Clinton. Oh, yes, today. So I guess it's Hillary's birthday. Okay. And I saw somebody had posted this on Twitter, the famous photo of that came out in 2016 on her birthday mm-hmm. of Hillary as a young girl. It's a black and white photo. Mm-hmm. And I think at the top it says something to happy birthday to this future president <laughs> and of course premature, she didn't it? win and that photo always gets resurfaced now so yes that it is uh, some the 800th birthday of hillary clinton or whatever <laughs> she is now i don't know well we're going to hear more from her coming up from 93 wibc here comes the cowboy what what in the world is this uh, here comes a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, I gathered that. Like what? Wait, wait for it. Obvious. What are we waiting for? Here comes the cowboy. Oh. Uh huh. That's that's pretty much it. That's okay. The whole song. What? Who is this? It's a uh, Mac DeMarco. The song is called "Here Comes the Cowboy." <laughs> who? 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 Mac? Mac Mac DeMarco. Where did you find this person? In an alley somewhere? Uh, he was a popular indie artist. Okay. Here and this the is the whole boy. song? Yeah, this is the whole song. Is this like the Beatles number nine? Right. Yeah, in a way. Except I think it's a lot better. So somebody will be flooding the YouTube chat with telling me how great Here Comes the Cowboy is. Here Comes the Cowboy. <laughs> Kevin, play the hits! Why would you play this? What in your Kevin? At some point, okay. So for those of you who don't know, the way our board, uh, the way our studio is set up, I have a. You please get that down. I just, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna throw a monitor or something. That is really annoying. Um, the way our studio is set up, it, I am at a. You can see it on the YouTube chat, some of it, but I, uh, I am sitting here, and then Casey is directly across from me, and then Kevin is to my left and directly across from Casey. We kind of form a triangle, mm-hmm. and Kevin controls the board. Right, mm-hmm. he is arguably the most powerful person in the room. Yeah, he can turn our mics off and on, on a whim. He plays uh, the music, all the stuff. So, Kevin, when you decide you're going to play, <laughs> here comes the cowboy. Okay, so this is from my personal experience. When I worked with the two women, mm-hmm. what were their names? Mock and Daisy. Mock and Daisy, the yeah. chicks on the right. Yeah. I used to play bumper music just to enrage them. <laughs> so like I would doing? I would bust out some Harry Chapin, oh, some no. Dan Fogelberg, oh, no. some uh, you know, Peter Cetera based Chicago, just to enrage them. That was my usually my general approach uh when I worked with them. What what do you go what thought process do you go through when you pick terrible music like what we just heard? Well, I uh I was just taking a risk there. Yeah. You know, I play a lot of music <laughs> yeah. that you really love. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and you thought in some, as you've known me now for several years, you thought, I know what Rob will like. Here comes the cowboy. Mm-hmm. Rob will yeah. love that. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, it's kind of similar to sports by Viagra Boys. Similar well, kind of uh, theme well, here, with here, the lyrics. Here's the thing, Kevin. 
I have I have tolerated the Viagra Boys because I know you love it, and I I care deeply about you as yeah. a friend and as a coworker, and so I am not sitting around like at home every night cranking up some Viagra Boys. Yeah, I tried to find one of their songs that I thought was chucklesome. And so you appreciate the lyrics. Well, I like do. I, I do. Content. I re- appreciate the ridiculousness of that. But Casey and I will leave this to you because it's half your show. Can we permanently ban? Here comes the cowboy. Mac the knife or whatever mm-hmm. that was that we just heard. That was t- yeah. horrific. I don't know. I think it's gonna have to come back. Kevin. I kind of like when you're. Pissed I think there's off about a lot it. of music that I would like to permanently ban. <laughs> Kevin, you're a big fan of the movie That Thing You Do, right? The Wonders, yeah, Tom Hanks movie, right? Yep. I'm gonna quote a line from the movie, and I wanted to stick with you. Play something peppy. Play something Some happy. Snappy. snappy. None of this lovers' lament crap. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I thought what an unjoy-filled heart you have! I'm just against that thing because it was terrible. You don't want any happiness of any but any of any kind for anyone. No. What about the lady in red? Uh, was it the lady in red? Yes, Krista Berg. Yeah, I mean that's a love. What was uh, the what was the what was his other hit? Fairy Cross the Mercy or what was the other one? Fairy Man. Fairy Man. I don't even remember. Yeah, what so it was. we basically we need more Fairy Man. Yeah, and, uh, less. When uh, you come back next, Cowboys. here is your job, Kevin, for the next segment. And boy, we've blown an entire segment on this. <laughs> no. Well, when he plays, here comes the cowboy. It went exactly. We as can't I planned. let it go. I bet the ratings for that one were off the charts. Your job for the next segment, when we come back, is to find that other Chris DeBerg hit mm-hmm. or that was in the top forty. Is it a hit? You're you're the music. No, it wasn't a hit. No, but if it's a top forty. If you are, you're the music program director. Mm-hmm. If it is top forty, does that? What is the standard to say that was a hit? Is it top twenty? Top forty? Yeah, top, top twenty. Top twenty. Yeah, you you got to break the top twenty. Okay, you got to stay there for a while. You got to at least have a bullet so you, for a you while. Would not say Number I, one with a bullet. I think that that other Krista Berg song will find it was thirty fourth. My friend Shane said, mm-hmm. and he is a musical right. wizard. Wasn't a hit. So that is not. No. That does not count. Doesn't have the staying power. Huh. All right. Well, when we come back. <laughs> yes. We're going to have better music on the talk show. Thank you. Fairy Cross the Mercy was Herman's Hermits. Yes, yeah. thank you. All right. It's we should play Casey more of them. On 93 WIBC 1126. Good morning. Berg's other song. This isn't half bad. Let's let it sit. Let's let it. <laughs> That's enough. That was, this was never a hit. I'm looking at the charts right now. Uh, yeah. Apparently, this did really well in Australia. Okay, fantastic. All right. Well, that. So, where where else are you going to hear answering the machine? And don't pay the ferryman <laughs> on the same show. Oh, no. Somebody said in the YouTube chat room that you've complimented Kevin one too many times on his musical choices, and now he is taking liberties. This is why our show is so popular, is because we are willing to have an in-depth discussion about a U.S. Senate debate, and then we are willing to, in the same hour, get into it over Don't Pay the Ferryman by Chris DeBerg. (laughs) And that's why we're so popular. I think I've learned my lesson, though. Uh, I'm only going to play Bruce Springsteen from here on out. Perfect. Deep cuts only. Yeah, absolutely. None of the hits. People people hate the hits. They've heard them too many times. No, they don't. People expect the hits, Kevin. It is 1133. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And and yes, we're going to go from Chris DeBerg now to Hillary Clinton. (laughs) She declared right-wing extremists are planning to, quote, steal 
steal the 24 presidential election. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, she published a video online. Wait. Something that's keeping her up at night. Okay, so we've got some audio of this. I, 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 I feel like I was, I'm going to overreact, and you must have read something incorrectly because I thought I heard you say that they were going to steal the mm-hmm. election. Yeah, this is according to Hillary Clinton. Wow, that's weird because I thought accusing someone of stealing an election made you a democracy-hating, semi-fascist, <laughs> uh, threat to society, mm. quasi-Nazi, whatever the word is. But you're telling me Hillary said that? Mm-hmm. Hillary okay. Clinton. Well, we've got the audio here, and I... I I I have no reason to doubt you. Let's take a listen. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that Mm -hmm. correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. This is typical of uh, of progressives of the left, which is... So, Uh, one, that was a really bad teleprompter read on her part because that was a video. (laughs) Um, Casey. Yeah. uh, So the right-wing controlled Supreme Court that's so weird because didn't the Supreme Court just rule against someone who was trying to file a lawsuit to stop Joe Biden mm-hmm. from single-handedly right. canceling student? So as a right-wing Supreme Court, which I would love, I mean, actually, I would want this court just to interpret the law and not bring politics into it, which is, I guess, what Amy Coney Barrett did when she denied that petition mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court, which, but where's the right-wing, I mean, if you were a right-wing Supreme Court, wouldn't you have been like, yeah, step right up. Let's go ahead and get this thing mm-hmm. canceled. These Democrats are just the worst, man. As bad as the Republicans are, and as much crap as I give the Republicans, these Democrats are infinitely worse, and they they have no shame whatsoever. So there's already conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Where is this at? How do I... How do I uh, find out more about the plot to steal the 2024 election? Where Where is that club meeting at? Okay, well, listen to this. She went on to say that there's good news in the face of this very real threat to oh. democracy. And she's asking people to donate to Invisible's Crush the Coup campaign. It's the what campaign? Crush the Coup campaign. Oh, there's a coup. So she's already fundraising. Yes for lawyers Uh for the 2024 election. You ever notice with these people how it always involves their handout asking you for change? Can we ban the politicians like we're trying to ban the homeless people from harassing us downtown? Can we ban the politicians from asking us for money? You ever notice that? Mm -hmm. It's always this urgent announcement to save society. Please chip in $7. Like, what? They just... It's always money with these so people. So is she a future election denier? Uh, Early no. bird gets the worm. Let's just start denying it now. So during a speech in 2019, she claimed that the 2016 election had been stolen from her. I love some of the stupid comments we get in the YouTube chat. If you pull a straight GOP ticket, even if you're that lazy and ridiculous enough to believe that Diego Morales and Todd Young have earned your vote, you can't vote for the school board. Right. Don't, even if you're going to vote for these clowns, 
work your way to the back of the ballot so you can vote for the school board. My gosh, it's like we just talked to ourselves. I know we're on the most powerful media outlet in the entire state. I know you can hear us from Illinois to Ohio and all points in between. I've done the trip, but sometimes it's just like we're just talking to ourselves. My gosh, Casey, how many times have we said that and we still get that stupid right in our YouTube chat? We should just permanently ban that person. And you know how I am. I, I hate the banning, but that is just this person is getting nothing out of what we do here every single day. They're getting every other word. Sorry. You, uh, you just went off the rails there. Well, for I, just, a I just, I just, you know, that happens sometimes. And I, this is why I stop reading the chat during the show many times. It gets you worked up. Can we talk about Gavin Newsom for a second? You want to do that? Well, yes, because we talked about earlier in the show that uh, the pr- problem, one of the major problems now is that politicians don't fear the truth. Even when you hit society right between the eyes with the truth, and the Fetterman thing last night on fracking was Mm -hmm. a great example. Mm -hmm. The guy has clearly said on many occasions he's against fracking. Okay, fine. Reasonable people can disagree. He stands up in front of a statewide audience and says, no, no, I'm for fracking. Okay, sir. Well, you've clearly said this. How would you like to address that? I'm for fracking. Mm -hmm. And so now, it used to be when a politician would make a definitive statement, you would go, okay, that settles that. The problem is, it doesn't anymore. There is no shame. There is no hesitancy to go back on exactly what you've said. And I want to prove this point, because I told you the other day, I believe Gavin Newsom and Pete Buttigieg will be the two front runners for the 2024 nomination mm-hmm. for president. Mm-hmm. And last night, or the other night, I should say, Gavin Newsom promised to serve four more years mm-hmm. as president, which would, or as, as governor, right. which would seem to put an end to his presidential ambitions. Go. Californians on the whole have no opportunity but to just suffer from the policies Governor, that Gavin yeah. Newsom's put forth. He's repeatedly referred to you being out of state. And I want to ask very clearly, <laughs> you were asking voters for four more years. Do you commit to serving all four? Yes. And I've barely been out of state. I was out of state for a few hours to take on his party and his leader of his party, Donald Trump, who he was a passionate supporter of, and what they're doing to democracy, and how they're attacking women's right to choose, how they're banning books in unprecedented life, and how they're banning speech and rewriting history. This is a serious moment in American history, California history. Their zemanization, their demeaning of the gay and lesbian, bisexual, and transgender okay. community. All right, all right. So he goes on with his nonsensical babble. Right, his but narrative. It, but, Here, we took, but we took away from that, right? He's saying... He uh, say, he promised that he will serve all four years of his second term if he's reelected. Now, here is my question. Yes. Why, oh why, does he have billboards in other states then? Including here in Indiana. Including here in Indiana. You're absolutely right. And so the point on this is he's clearly not going to serve his four-year term if indeed Biden does not run for election. He mm-hmm. may primary him even if he does. And this clip will get played and there will be no shame because these politicians, and I am saying this to you, if you are a Democrat, you are a Republican, you are an independent, you're a libertarian, you're a apathetic, you're whatever. The politicians no longer fear you. And when the politicians no longer fear you, they don't fear taking advantage of you and abusing you. Mm-hmm. And we have to put a stop to this, that when people make definitive statements of, I will, and then they don't, you have to punish them. He will not be punished. He will get reelected easily. He will likely be one of two people that will be the front runner for president. And this lying to an entire state, the entire country, whatever you want to call it, will just be wholly ignored. By the way, during that debate, he falsely claimed that people in Indiana pay higher electricity bills than consumers in California do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really? A fact check. The cost of electricity is about 12 cents cheaper per kilowatt here in Indiana than it is in California. 
Uh, Ron DeSantis. Let's change the subject to yes. something good. Ron DeSantis had a debate the other <laughs> night with Charlie Crist, mm-hmm. and uh, this is just one clip I wanted to play because they were getting on DeSantis because unlike, unlike Gavin Newsom, mm-hmm. uh, Ron DeSantis does have an issue with looking people in the eye and lying to them. And so when he was asked about, do you promise to serve four years as the governor? He did not commit to that because everybody and their brother knows that after he boat races Charlie Crist, mm-hmm. there's a good chance he will become the front runner to be the Republican nominee for president. Right. So as an honest person who is someone who clearly has an interest in that, he refused to commit to that. And Charlie Crist tried to give him a little lip and Ron DeSantis came back with an Epic, mm. uh, epic roast, roast. Listen. Yeah. Well, listen. I know that Charlie's interested in talking about 2024 and Joe Biden, but I just want to make things very, very clear. The only worn-out old donkey I'm looking to put out to pasture is Charlie Chris. <laughs> You want to talk, talk about standing up for taxpayers. Uh, when Charlie Chris was governor, he ran saying he would not raise taxes. He became governor, and he signed off on the largest increase in taxes and fees in the history of the state of Florida. That's time, we governor. just enacted the largest decrease in taxes in the history of Florida. So he has an 11-point lead over Charlie Chris right now. Can we be uh, the 11-point <laughs> lead? Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, that, that's probably like I said. I think it'll be somewhere between eight and ten points. Mm-hmm. I think it is much higher than people had anticipated, and he will propel himself into the front runner status. Real quick, can we talk about how much it costs to see Meghan Markle? Oh yeah, so she she's is, coming to Indy. Yes, and it is. I don't can't remember what the organization is. It is the Power of Women in Evening with Meghan. The Women's Fund of Central Indiana. Okay, I have no idea what they do. I don't know, but we did a little research on this. It's in. Is it in November? Is that right? When she's coming? December? Yeah, November 29th. Okay, it is five grand <laughs> to get a table for ten people at mm-hmm. this event. So mm-hmm. that is. We did a little public school math. That is five hundred dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine paying seven cents to see Meghan Markle, much less five hundred dollars? But Rob, it's tax deductible. Some of it. Some of it. Yeah, it's still money out of my pocket. I guess the people who have $5,000 to see Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. the tax, the idea of getting the tax deduction is a big deal to those people. But you get food, drink, and oh, other. Sure. You know where else I get food, drink, and other? My home. <laughs> you know what that costs? No money. Not $5,000. The Women's Fund of Central Indiana. Uh, let's see. They say they are highly regarded as the most influential organization creating transformative and sustainable change for women and girls in Central Indiana. There, there's, there are people out there who will say $5,000 to see Meghan Markle seems like a good use of my money. So for $3, I could go to the Melody Inn and watch Uno Gold play. Does it cost money to get in? Is there a cover? Of course, guys, it's like I, five dollars. We got to make money somehow. You guys are charging covers. Well, we don't. The venue does, and that that's pretty common for venues. Of course, afterwards you're going to need a tetanus shot <laughs> <laughs> to see Kevin play. Um, you know, it's a better use of your money going that? to a night with WIBC, yes, which is, is tomorrow. tomorrow night. All right. When we come back, yeah. we are going to educate the audience. Mm. There are all these offices up for election this year, and most of them, many people have no idea what they do. We're going to tell you what a very important one is. The clerk, the county clerk. County clerk. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. Don't even think safe, 
the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. And you know, Casey, one of the things we like to do on the show is educate people. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. We're like a public, we're like a big old public service here. And one of the uh, things that we want to do as we work towards election day is there's like a gazillion things for people to vote on. Right. There's a whole bunch of things that people are like, what in the uh, world is that? A gazillion, kajillion things? Uh, and so, you know, obviously the Secretary of State's race gets a lot of publicity. Mm-hmm. U.S. Senate gets a lot of publicity. We thought, well, as we get closer to election day, let's try to educate people on what some of these other races are. So, you know, should I vote for this person? Should I run away from this person? What research do I need to do? Because election, you'll, uh, the counties all across the state are going to be having these sorts of offices up. And so one of those uh, offices that people go, what? in the world Mm -hmm. is that is the county clerk and Mm -hmm. so i thought let's figure out what a county clerk is and one of the people running for county clerk this fall is in marion county that's of course indianapolis he's the republican nominee for married county clerk his name is andrew harrison andrew let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and welcome you what is a county clerk what does it do Thanks for having me. So, yeah, the county clerk, um, it's the its the gateway to county government. What they do, essentially, is they're, they're the chief election officer for the county, they're the chief financial officer for the court system, and then the chief custodian of all court records. So, uh, you know, all the life events that take place, everything kind of transpires and flows through that, that clerk's office. So it's a very, very important office. So, Andrew, I noticed that the county clerk recruits and trains seasonal poll workers. And when does that begin? We're 13 days away from the election so are all the poll workers in place so they've started that uh weeks ago so um you know polling lo- polling locations are open right now at the, at the city county building Epstein balloting is obviously available right now on the 29th there's going to be a polling location available in every township and then actually on on, on, vo- uh, me, on voting day there's going to be 186 locations filled for voting so you know, I don't. I don't have the exact numbers if they're fully staffed or how short they are, but they've started this, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago because they have it's not just hiring those folks; it's training those folks and training inspectors, and and there's lots of different uh, things that go with that. So, you know, hopefully, come come uh, November eighth, they have 186 sites staffed, so uh, lines are short, and you know, this can be a pretty uh, streamlined process. We wish them the best, Casey. Maybe our elections will work. Maybe they won't. Who knows? It is Marion County after all. Go ahead, Casey. My question is, Andrew, why on earth would you want to run for county clerk did you did you lose a bet (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't lose a bet yeah so i I love indianapolis our city's obviously uh in trouble in every single aspect but uh, for for, for the clerk's office specifically i feel that i'm uniquely suited for this office because i'm I'm a fortune 100 global security uh, business leader so i do global security for a living so i really think that my private sector experience makes me uniquely suited for this office and you know my number one goal is election security i want to make it easier to vote and i want to make it harder to cheat uh andrew harrison's our guest he is the republican nominee for marion county clerk and you know we said when we started the segment, Andrew, you know, one of the things we'd like to do here is educate people on what's going on. And there are so many of these offices that people have no idea what they do. Like, does anybody know what the surveyor does or, you know, the tr- the local treasurer? How do we educate people more so that they, that they know the importance? Because you laid out some very important things that these county clerks do you'd like to do in Marion County. How do we better educate people so they know who's on their ballot and what these jobs are? Yeah, there's lots of different, uh, you know, seminars and, and, uh, 
you know, informational sessions. There's one that I attended here a few weeks ago called Voting 101. Uh, they should do a lot more of those. That was not sponsored by the clerk's office. That was sponsored by a, an independent group. But there needs to be better public awareness from that from, from all these offices, in my opinion, to let folks know what these offices actually do because they're just not doing a very good job at it. Real quick for your race, obviously, people hearing us, if you live in Marion County, they'll be able to vote for you this fall. About 30 seconds or so, what are some of the challenges Marion County is facing in terms of the position that, the, that you would like to, to fill, which is clerk, and how would you make it better? Sure. So some of the challenges are transparency, uh, accountability, and basically uh, for all of these offices, not just mine specifically that, that I'm seeking, you know, you've, you've got the same bureaucrats running the same offices. You've got a, basically a democratic carousel. People are just hopping from seat to seat to seat. It's like a, a merry-go-round that never stops. And we need to get some real change in there. We need to get some, some different leadership in there. We don't need a bunch of political operatives in there. My specific race, uh, my opponent was the Democratic Party chair. She recently resigned. She was uh, actually pretty much forced to resign by her own party, by certain factions of her party, because she wasn't, they were alleging she was not running free and fair elections. So, and now she wants to be the chief election officer of the county. And, uh, you know, I got a big problem with that. And I think uh, voters should have that same uh, concern as well. So, um, you know, I'm running to, uh, to bring that transparency, to bring that accountability, to make sure our election security is in place. And I'm a security expert, and, and uh, my opponent is not. So, um, yeah, uh, I hope you vote for me November 8th. Um, I want to bring great government service at a good taxpayer value back, and that's something we need. All right. Some private sector leaders. We like that. Real quick, if people have not already been won over and wowed by your general charm and charisma here in the six minutes we spent together, 10 seconds, you got a website, a Facebook page if people want to learn more. Sure. Yeah. If you want to get involved, learn more, join me. Harrison for Marion County Clerk.com. Andrew Harrison, he will be your Republican candidate for Marion County Clerk. Thanks for taking a few moments educating the masses, Andrew, mm-hmm. on what in the world a clerk does. Now people can be informed when they vote. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, and that's a full lid for us, Rob Kendall. I'm about to head over to the Schrott Performing Arts Center on the campus of Butler to take a look at the stage for a night with WIBC. You know, I do a little prep. I know you just show up and wing it because you're so smart. It just comes to you naturally, right? I put no effort into anything whatsoever, including this show. (laughs) I, however, have to work at it. So I'm going to go check out the stage and see what it's all about before tomorrow. So thank you, Rob. Good job, Kevin, and thank you for listening today. And we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.